Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Spiritual Insights with Charlotte Spicer. Spirituality and Metaphysics Talk Radio, featuring a course in miracles, dream interpretation, guided meditation, and the psychic and metaphysics free-for-all. It's your opportunity to consult with a professional psychic medium, discuss past lives, the chakras, and more. We are non-denominational, and there are no limits. Want to change your life? You must first change your mind. 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 No matter your religious structure, cultivate peace in your reality through self-awareness with an authentic spiritual teacher. And now, your host, Charlotte Spicer. Thank you so much for tuning in from the United States and around the world. We are honored by your presence here as always. Today is A Course in Miracles virtual class with Robert Rosenthal, MD. Dr. Bob and I will break down a specific section to help you gain a deeper understanding of the concepts presented. Today we'll delve into the Song of Prayer, which is a supplement to the course, and we're going to focus on Section 1, True Prayer. So if you want to take notes, we're going to interpret uh, these sections line by line and give our take on it. And if you have any questions, you're invited to call in in the second half of the show, or you can send them to us through our websites, which I'll give to you in a moment. If you're new to the show or haven't tuned in for a little while, Dr. Bob is the new co-president of the Foundation for Inner Peace, publisher of A Course in Miracles, having served on the Foundation's board of directors for almost 25 years since 1992. He was a practicing psychiatrist and psychotherapist for 32 years before retiring to take on his new position. He was introduced to the course in 1975 at the age of 20 by Judy Scutch and became a close friend and protege of Dr. Bill Thetford. Dr. Bob is the author of From Plagues to Miracles, The Transformational Journey of Exodus, From the Slavery of Ego to the Promised Land of Spirit, published by Hay House which reinterprets the biblical story of Moses and Pharaoh as a parable of the mind struggle to escape ego and identify once again with spirit. It is recommended you read this book prior to studying A Course in Miracles or to effortlessly deepen your understanding of the abstract concepts presented in the course. You can read excerpts and purchase the book at fromplaguestomiracles.com. We'd love to hear your feedback, and if you have any questions about any of these segments, visit spiritualinsightsradio.com. You can also receive a free guided meditation that helps you absorb the course concepts into the, conscious, the subconscious mind directly. This is a meditation I've put together. It's called the Holy Trinity Guided Meditation. Well, welcome to the show. Good to have you back again. It's been a very quick month, I believe. Yeah, they 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 seem to um fly by faster and faster and faster. One of those truisms of life, I guess. Mhm. Mhm. Well, as we said, this is this is one of our favorite sections, if not. For yeah. me, it's it's absolutely one of the top sections uh having to do with the course, and so I'm really excited to be discussing this today. I think we could all use some peace through prayer, and I'm sure this will be helpful to everyone. Yeah, I agree. I think this section, like 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 them, um, like so many things in A Course in Miracles, it perfectly encapsulates the entire teaching, but looking at it through the the idea of prayer, um, but it does it so 
so poetically, so succinctly. Um, yeah, this definitely would have to be on the uh, greatest hits list for A Course in Miracles. And yeah. because it's part of the supplements, if you are using either the first or second editions of A Course in Miracles, this will not be in your book. You would have to um, purchase it separately um, as a supplement. Um, these these were channeled, uh, the Song of Prayer, Forgiveness, and Healing, and the Psychotherapy Manual after the complete course was uh, channeled. So if you're using an older edition of the course and you're wondering why you can't find it, that would be why. But don't go away. Listen in. We're going to read the whole thing for you. Okay. So what we'd like to do, we're going to go through the introduction. It's fairly self-explanatory. And then we're going to dig into the first section of True Prayer, and that's where we'll break things down. Uh, Dr. Bob, would you like to read the introduction? Absolutely. Okay. Section 1, Prayer, Introduction. Prayer is the greatest gift with which God blessed his son at his creation. It was then what it is to become, the single voice creator and creation share, the song the son sings to the father, who returns the thanks that offers him unto the son. Endless the harmony and endless too the joyous concord of the love they give forever to each other. And in this creation is extended. God gives thanks to his extension in his son. His son gives thanks for his creation in the song of his creating in his father's name. The love they share is what all prayer will be throughout eternity when time is done, for such it was before time seemed to be. To you who are in time a little while, prayer takes the form that best will suit your need. You have but one What God created one must recognize its oneness and rejoice that what illusions seem to separate is one forever in the mind of God. Prayer now must be the means by which God's Son leaves separate goals and separate interests by and turns in holy gladness to the truth of union in his Father and himself. Lay down your dreams, you holy Son of God, and rising up as God created you, Dispense with idols and remember him. Prayer will sustain you now and bless you as you lift your heart to him in rising song that reaches higher and then higher still until both high and low have disappeared. Faith in your goal will grow and hold you up as you ascend the shining stairway to the lawns of heaven and the gate of peace. For this is prayer and here salvation is. This is the way. It is God's gift to you. Mm. <laughs> that's a prayer in itself. <laughs> that's a, now that's a prayer. Oh, a gift. To escape the confines of time and illusion and remember your true essence, that's what we need. Yeah. The only um, notes I made um, is that prayer should be a state of grace, not appeals. And in harmony with God is creation extended And the song of prayer then is the goal of peace and love to create in thanks for having been created by God. That really puts (laughs) it in perspective. Yeah. This is also one of the few places where we get a little bit more of a clue about what creation is as A Course in Miracles defines it. Um, 
you know, it's important to remember that the course distinguishes between words and it uses creation exclusively for how God created us and how we create our creations, we meaning the Son of God, the Christ, um, and not what we do here in the world. Um, the course uses the word make or made for that. We made the world. We didn't create the world because it's an illusion. But when it says, <clears throat> um, where is it, uh, you know, the, the single voice creator and creation share, single voice, it's shared. The song the son sings to the father who returns the thanks that offers him unto the son, endless <clears throat> the harmony excuse me, endless the harmony and endless too the joyous concord of the love they give forever. And in this creation is extended. So it gives kind of this picture of this, you know, pure, perfect love with um, in the metaphor of a song, which I think is just lovely. Um, one of the things on in this world that I think demonstrates union and togetherness better than anything is, you know, singing in a choir or singing with someone together your voices blend, you get to the point where there is no single voice, there's just a collective voice, uh, and in that voice, you know, we know we're a part of a greater uh, collective, a greater oneness than ourselves. So this is giving an inkling of, of what true creation is, of what the Course means when it says, you know, God extended, um, you know, his being uh, to create the Son, who is, you know, his creation, and yet equal in one with, with the Father. Um, and that what you know it gives this the name of prayer and says you know this is what it will be throughout eternity when time is done for such it was before time seemed to be and in those two sentences it sort of closes the loop and reminds us that time is just this tiny 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 instant bubble that never really occurred from the perspective of eternity so the song of prayer which this is describing and which the manual of the supplement is named for is ongoing. You know, it's always there. Um, we can tune into it. I, I think the chapter in the text called the forgotten song alludes to this when it talks about hearing a, a faint melody that, that we, we can barely remember where we heard it, but it calls to us in a way so profound that we know we, we want to, you know, go back to that time when we heard it. Um, so it's really just, you know, it's lyrical, it's beautiful. Um, and I, I think Helen Shuckman was, you know, she channeled the entire course. I think this is some of her most clearest, um, you know, clearest channeling. Mm. Yes, there's that two-way communication, you know, that yeah. as you as you give, you receive. As you ask, you receive. But as we go through the first section, we're going to, learn about proper ways to ask for what we think we need. Okay. So do you want to take uh, uh, paragraph one from or why section you start? one? Because I read the uh, intro and we'll, we'll do it that way. Okay. Unless you Alrighty. prefer that I start. <laughs> no, I'm just used to it and you're my guest. And... Okay. <laughs> but, but no, we can switch things up. That's okay. All right. So here is uh, paragraph one from section one, true prayer. Prayer is a way offered by the Holy Spirit to reach God. It is not merely a question or an entreaty. It cannot succeed until you realize that it asks for nothing. How else could it serve its purpose? It is impossible to pray for idols and hope to reach God. True prayer must avoid the pitfall looking to entreat. Ask rather to receive what is already given. 
to accept what is already there. So as we were just saying, that song is, is forever playing in eternity. And prayer is a medium through which we can access that and remember it and thereby remember who we are. And to ask questions is very limiting and it gets further into that in the in the subsequent paragraphs. But it is not merely a question or an entreaty. It is communion with God. It is it is the one gift that you can break out of time and illusion. And prayer, you know, it evolves to suit your need. And so the trick is trying to determine your needs. But there really is only that one need. So I, uh, do you have anything to add to that, Dr. Bob? I think it's kind of... Yeah, I mean, what I like is brief. this kind of cuts right to the chase. Um, you know, prayer is is part of our uh, of the way back to God through the Holy Spirit. Um, again, remember in Course Teachings, you know, we can't reach God directly. We, we made this crazy, insane world of topsy-turvy illusions, um, and we would be lost here forever except that, as the Course puts it, God created the Holy Spirit to reach us. I, I kind of interpret that in other ways uh, that, you know, you can't undo your true nature. So the Holy Spirit, or what we call the Holy Spirit, the path back, the bridge from where we are to where God is, was always a part of us, even when we believed we separated. But this section goes right to, you know, prayer is not merely a question or entreaty. If you ask 100 people on the street, what does it mean to pray? They're going to say, oh, it's when you really need something and you don't think you can get it, and so you turn to God. Well, you know, that's an entreaty. Um, it reminds me, for any who are old enough to remember the old uh, Doors song, The Soft Parade, there's a line in there where uh, Jim Morrison screams out, you cannot petition the Lord with prayer. It starts out when I was back there in seminary school. Um, they put forth the proposition that you could petition the Lord with prayer, you know, petitioning the Lord, give me what I want here. I'm, I'm going to pray over and over and over again. Um, and the song is right. You can't petition the Lord with prayer. Um, prayer only works in that sense when you realize that you can't ask for anything of this world. And this, and we're going to go on and, and, and see how this uh, describes this in, in, in more detail. But, you know, right at the beginning, it's not a question. It's not an entreaty. True prayer must avoid the pitfall of asking to entreat. Ask, rather, to receive what is already given, to accept what is already there. Because what's there is everything. And um, what isn't everything is nothing. We're back to the the, the opening lines of the course. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let me, let me grab it. Um, we should have this memorized. I'm, I'm embarrassed. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it slipped out of my mind, you know. Um, Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. Peace of God. Yes, that's it. That's it. Okay. Yes. Um, the only, so, the know, only other note. Real. Yeah. Right. And 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 it, it and we'll get more into this. I don't want to get ahead of the paragraphs, but it, it comes down to um, where is your focus? Is it on form or is it on formlessness? And I have this note that you know, ask for remembrance of the kingdom of heaven within you 
and all problems diminish in importance. So in our life experience, which is normal, you know, we, we, everything is, has varying degrees of importance. This problem is larger than that problem. It's the perception of the ego that sets the priority for what you pray for. But the real need is to remember who you are and remember that the kingdom of heaven is within you. And that's where you go to pray. It's not, and we, and we tend to do this, you know, we're asking for something, but it's for something outside of us. It's better than to go within and see what is not in alignment and ask for that alignment. And then when you look around afterward, it's not as scary or um, as urgent as we might perceive it to be, you know? Beautifully said, yeah. Thank yeah. you. Mm-mm-mm. All right, so Your turn. paragraph two. You have been told to ask the Holy Spirit for the answer to any specific problem and that you will receive a specific answer if such is your need. You have also been told that there is only one problem and one answer. In prayer, this is not contradictory. There are decisions to make here, and they must be made whether they be illusions or not. You cannot be asked to accept answers which are beyond the level of need that you can recognize. Therefore, it is not the form of the question that matters, nor how it is asked. The form of the answer, if given by God, will suit your need as you see it. This is merely an echo of the reply of his voice. The real sound is always a song of thanksgiving and of love. So this this completely nails the whole idea um, of prayer here, and I think goes right to um, the essence of A Course in Miracles in that the Course, on the one hand, is leading us back to our reality as spirit, and spirit is a oneness. You know, God is one, and you can't divide one into pieces without losing the oneness. It's not possible. So on the one hand, it's leading us back. On the other hand, you know, um, it, it, it recognizes that we're, that we're caught up in this world of form, as Shara was just saying, that, that we're, you know, we're truly lost. I mean, we see all these things and we become afraid and, and, and you know, we know that we need that paycheck to survive and that without, you know, someone else in our life, we're going to be lonely and miserable and all of these things that we've learned as separate selves with egos. So the Course is saying in this section, and, and this is really key, um, you know, you've been told to ask the Holy Spirit for the answer to any specific problem, and you'll receive a specific answer if you need it. Now, sometimes, and, and I do a great deal of asking, in fact, here uh, at the Foundation for Inner Peace, whenever there's an issue that we're not sure about, um, a question about whether to grant permission for copyright, um, you know, whether mm-hmm. to uh, proceed uh, with a particular translation, you know, we ask. Uh, and as a group, we hear what we get. There's a specific need. Uh, and most of the time, we do get a specific answer. And it's quite astounding how often... That answer is uniform. I mean, there's consensus, and we don't get to it by arguing and debating. You know, we ask and we receive. Mm-hmm. But it's making clear here <laughs> that a lot of times we ask, and, you know, and it's not our need. Um, 
you know, Ken Wapnick was very clear that you, you don't go around asking, well, you know, Holy Spirit, what should I wear today? Holy Spirit, what do you think would be the right thing for breakfast? Um, Holy Spirit, you know, should I put the zip code on the letter or not? Um, you know, this this is this is clutter, you know, and you won't get an answer. Frequently, if I ask about something and don't get a specific answer, what I get is just a word, trust, you know, mm-hmm. um, stay in a space of love, go forward from that place. And what this section is really telling us is, you know, there are decisions to make here. We've got to deal with that. That's what the whole plan of the atonement is, is the unwinding, the unfolding of this complexity that we've created one relationship at a time. Uh, and we do that in the world of form. So um, that's, what, that's what a miracle does. This is a course in miracles. We forget that sometimes because it doesn't talk about miracles as much after you know, the first 150 pages or so. But the miracle can only happen when you let go of your idea of what you think you need, um, which is what, call it false prayer is, that entreaty to God, and instead go, you know, thy will, not my will, because at the deepest level you understand thy will, God's will, is in fact your will. There is no will but God's, uh, less Mm. than, what, 74, I think it is, Um, you know. And so the Course is saying that, or this this supplement is saying, that problems will rise up and appear to us in myriad different forms because that's the world we live in. But there's only one problem and only one answer. This harkens back to Lessons 79 and 80. Let me recognize the problem so it can be solved, and let me recognize that my problem has been solved. Um, And... And our prayer in that sense will be that much more effective when all we are praying for is forgiveness. Um, mm. Not forgiveness, we're miserable sinners, and God, can you possibly you know, take us back? Forgiveness in the sense of this world of sin, this world of illusion, of our making, never happened. And we withdraw completely our investment from it. We let go of all of our interpretations of how we see it or how we think it should be seen. And we ask Holy Spirit to help us see it differently, to help us look upon each relationship differently. Um, Okay. Um, There are a couple of quotes that I think, you know, uh, weigh in on, uh, address this too. And and I want to just read one of them because it, it, it amplifies this. This is from the text, chapter 11, section 8, called The Problem and the Answer. Again, we're back to, you know, the problem. You know, there's only one problem. There's only one answer. And this is from paragraph 5, starting at line 3. This is not a course in the play of ideas, but in their practical application. You know, this, we live this. This isn't some abstract understanding. This is not a course in the play of ideas, but in their practical application. Nothing could be more specific than to be told that if you ask, you will receive. The Holy Spirit will answer every specific problem as long as you believe that problems are specific. His answer is both many and one, as long as you believe that the one is many. You may be afraid of his specificity for fear of what you think it will demand of you. Yet only by asking will you learn that nothing of God demands anything of you. God gives. He does not take. Uh, so, uh. yeah, right? <laughs> 
So a lot of times we ask for specifics, but we also fail to ask Holy Spirit to help us because we also have this belief that we're not going to like the answer. Uh, mm-hmm. We're not going to want to give up that, that, that bad boyfriend or, you know, that stuff. <laughs> but here's the thing. God doesn't, act, you know, it's never going to unfold that way. This goes to the deep notion of sacrifice that, um, you know, that Jesus demonstrated was completely illusionary in the whole, you know, dream of the crucifixion that, that we all think, you know, God's going to crucify us. God's going to get us. You know, God's mad at us for leaving. No, God doesn't, you know, really, God hardly knows we left. God recognized something in that instant, or as the Course calls it, and, you know, and it was completely corrected, and the path back is there, and we've all already walked that path because time is an illusion. Um, you know, so, so God doesn't do that. You're never going to be asked to make a sacrifice. And, in fact, if you ask and the voice you hear is telling you, yes, you need to do this sacrifice, you need to do something that is deeply disturbing to your peace of mind, I guarantee you that is not the voice of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So I just wanted to read that section because it's such a lovely, um, you know, uh, clarification of, of this. Yes. And, and just to um, piggyback on that, um, you had mentioned, you know, giving up the bad boyfriend. And today <laughs> um, my book fell open to uh, – I have a bookmark in this page. I don't know why, because I wasn't reading this section. But the section is Chapter 17, Forgiveness in the Holy Relationship, and it's Section 5, The Healed Relationship. And it talks about, you know, taking a deeper look at your relationship and asking to make it holy. But when the answer comes, it may, you may go through a very stressful situation. So just to tell the audience, if you want to go check out that section, if – you're praying about a relationship that will be very telling. But what I want to add to this uh, section is uh, rather important because um, for me, this was one of the most impactful paragraphs. And I say that because we have limited recognition of what we quote unquote need. And where it says in sentence five, you cannot be be asked to accept answers which are beyond the level of need that you recognize. So that speaks to perception. And um, the answer cannot be higher than what we consciously accept as our situation. So that shows you how perception um, is at play here. And then sentence six, therefore, it's not the form of the question that matters, nor how it's asked. Um, what that's basically saying is rephrasing the question won't change the answer. The reason why is in, se- in sentence seven, the form of the answer, if given by God, will suit your need as you see it. So as you see it is your perception of the problem. The form of the answer will match your perception. It is the repetition of the question by reflection. I'll say that again. The answer is the repetition of the question by reflection, and that is all, all it can do when you ask specifics. It, can, it cannot go beyond that reflection. So when you ask about the bad boyfriend or that annoying person at work, that is very specific, okay? And in sentence eight, the true song, I'm going to add additional words to that. The true song, the true goal, the true prayer then is thanksgiving and love. So asking for specifics limits the answer because it's so specific. If you say, why is the sky blue? The answer is going to be an echo because it's blue, if that makes sense. 
However, there is one sentence in here that I needed to spend a little more time on, and that was this sentence, number eight. This is merely an echo of the reply of his voice. So I sat with that for a little while, and I decided to ask, add to my interpretation of it. I think I understand it, but but I asked, and it had to do with specifics, and now I'll go on to something else in a minute. But here's the answer I received. So asking about the echo, uh, my question was, help me understand this to a deeper level. And the answer I got was this. The echo is the resonance of the Holy Spirit's reply to the unasked question, why am I out of peace? To ask a, a specific question is to request smaller, minute information that only satisfies the perception, which is illusion. Ask then, why, I am, why am I out of peace? Without regard to the specifics of blame, i.e. what your ego determines is the quote-unquote problem, because it will always have you looking in the wrong direction for the source of your discontent. Yep. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, that's right on. That's right on. I mean, I, I think this line about it's merely the echo, again, it, 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 if once you understand um, in the way you're just you, – you, your guidance was um, helping, you know, there's only God, love, oneness, and that's not absent here. Um, you know, one of my, one of the lines I like a lot is, you know, truth is not absent here, but it is obscure. It, it, it can't mm-hmm. be completely absent. Uh, you know, we all know what love is, even if we can't, you know, explain it. So when we pray for peace, forgiveness, why, you know, why am I out of peace? Uh, you know, what we will receive will be most appropriate for us in a world of form at the stage of our learning. Now, this, this does get into a little bit of the whole manifestation thing, because I think there is a, a time, certainly there was in, in my, uh, you know, spiritual learning curve, where it actually was important to see that the world out there, quote unquote, was really a manifestation of my inner mind and that I could manifest stuff that I wanted that was important. But at a certain point, that actually stopped for me. And when I was kind of like, well, you know, what gives? Uh, You know, I I used to be able to manifest stuff and Mm -hmm. uh, get what I needed. You know, it was like, yeah, well, now you know the world's an illusion, so why are you, you know, playing around in a world of illusion? Mm. Uh, the reply from God that in the world of form is an echo. It's not it's not that song of prayer, it's an echo of the song of prayer, but it will show up in our lives as the miracle giving us what we need. Um there's another section um in the workbook that that sort of states this in a, a somewhat different way from Lesson 186, um, Chapter 13, where it's talking about, you know, God, um, you know, he would comfort you, although he knows no sorrow. He would make a restitution, though he is complete, a gift to you, although he knows that you have everything already. So here's the contradiction that was being alluded, the seeming contradiction that was being alluded to in the paragraph we just read. But then here's the key part. He, God, has thoughts capital T, which answer every need his son perceives, although he sees them not. So God isn't up there going, oh, boy, you know, Bob Rosenthal really needs new tires, and let's see how we can get his car new tires. Um, It's, you know, it's, 
Oh yeah, let me let me finish the <laughs> the line. He has thought mm. to answer every need his son perceives, although he sees them not. For love must give, and what is given in his name takes on the form most useful in a world of form. So it's kind of like when that love, when that song of prayer enters um, our crazy world of illusion, it's that echo will be what we need perfectly designed for our level and stage of learning. Um, you know, love will give. God's going to give you whatever you want and need, except that uh, Holy Spirit will never give you what will set you back. Um, you know, there, 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 there's, uh, there's a very clear line on that. You know, when you, when you ask for what will hurt you, they can't give it to you. It's kind of like, you know, you, we all love our children and we want to give them everything. But if your two-year-old wants to play with the, uh, the, the butcher knife, you don't give that to him. He really wants to play with it. He's going to have fun with it, but you know it's going to hurt him, so you say no. Um, with many of our prayers and entreaties, this is what happens. You know, we're praying for someone else who has cancer, and, you know, we're sure our prayers are powerful. Well, we don't know what that person's path is. In some of the sections on healing, the Course says, yes, if, if those prayers were granted, it would be so completely shocking to the person who suddenly finds themselves cured that they'd practically go insane. They couldn't accept it, and therefore it's kinder to let healing proceed um, in a different way. But so the Song of Prayer, the love, God's thoughts, they enter our world in exactly the way that's needed, but only, as Shar, you were just saying, if we focus on on the big picture, uh, if 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 our if our prayer is for oneness, <clears throat> for love, for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And no matter what your wants or needs, um, if you can name them, um, I think the ego has you looking in furtively around you. I want this. I need that. Um, what we all want, no matter what label we give it, is peace. And that takes us to paragraph three. You cannot then ask for the echo. It is the song that is the gift. Along with it come the overtones, the harmonics, the echoes. But these are secondary. In true prayer, you hear only the song. All the rest is merely added. You have sought first the kingdom of heaven, and all else has indeed been given you. So if you're at peace, then the solutions to your problems then should be fairly, I won't say easy, but attainable. They're visible. You recognize them because you're at peace. When you're frantic or worried and, and folding in on yourself, you cannot see the solutions. You cannot hear the song. You cannot hear the answers. And so don't settle for secondary um, information, um, information in response to your request for you know, figuring something out. Ask for the peace that is already there. Recognize and, re- and embrace that. And then look around you, and as I said, those, the size of those problems is diminished, the urgency is gone, and we get a clearer picture. So my point is, you know, don't, don't ask just for information. Ask for the peace, and then in peace, those answers will be readily available to you. Yes. I mean, you know, you cannot then ask for the echo. <clears throat> the echo is the manifestation. The echo is that thing you think you want. And if you're asking for that um, separate from the song, the oneness, the prayer, the peace, then in a sense you're, you've completely – you've taken back what you're asking for in the very act of asking. And I found one of the sections that I was thinking about that, that 
you know, that addresses this, you cannot then ask for the echo. From um, Chapter 9 uh, of the text, uh, Section 1, the acceptance of reality. <clears throat> Actually, in Section 2 is the answer to prayer, so that probably has some stuff in it, too. But uh, I'm reading probably. from Paragraph 10. <laughs> when you ask the Holy Spirit for what would hurt you, he cannot answer because nothing can hurt you. And so you are asking for nothing. Let me read that again, because I think it makes clear. You know, we yeah. ask for things of this world, things in the world of form. We're really asking for nothing, and therefore it can't be given us. Um, back to the reading, any wish that stems from the ego is a wish for nothing, and to ask for it is not a request. It is merely a denial in the form of a request. And that's why not all prayer seems to be answered, because a large part of the time, you know, if we're petitioning the Lord with prayer, if we're in, making entreaties, we're really asking for nothing. Um, and, you know, it's not really a request. It's a denial in the form of a request. You're basically saying to God, I believe in this world of illusion, and I want you to come here. I want you, God, to be a part of my illusion, rather than... No, I know. I don't know what anything here means. Um, I'm willing to let it all go, including my sense of self, including my purpose, um, and trust that that will, you know, certain your direction will give me peace. And in that, all is given to you because that's a true request. Mm-mm-mm. Yes, ask ask for an illusion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What, what form would you like that to take? You know what I mean? And, you know, what is it? A shiny red bicycle? What do you want, kid? You know, it, 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 I love that section. It's great. But we're gonna we're gonna lose time, um, Dr. Yeah. Bob. Do you want to go to uh, paragraph yeah. four? No. Absolutely. All right. The secret of true prayer is to forget the things you think you need. To ask for the specific is much the same as to look on sin and then forgive it. Also, in the same way, in prayer, you overlook your specific needs as you see them and let them go into God's hands. There they become your gifts to him, for they tell him that you would have no gods before him, no love but his. What could his answer be but your remembrance of him? Can this be traded for a bit of trifling advice about a problem of an instant's duration? God answers only for eternity. But still, all little answers are contained in this. Yeah, so this just echoes, so to speak, mm -hmm. um, what we just read, everything we've been saying. You know, God Absolutely. answers for eternity at the level of God, but all little answers, whatever we need in the world of form, as the Holy Spirit deems it, um, is contained in it. <clears throat> there you go. Thoughts or it's keep reading? Well, um, no, I think that's good because um, we, we really just dug into that. Okay. Yeah, yeah let's keep reading. Did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, paragraph five. Prayer is a stepping aside, a letting go, a quiet time of listening and loving. It should not be confused with supplication of any kind because it is a way of remembering your holiness. Why should holiness entreat, being fully entitled to everything love has to offer? And it is to love you go in prayer. There is an offering, a giving up of yourself to be at one with love. There is nothing to ask because there is nothing left to want. Then nothingness becomes the altar of God. It disappears in him. So as we look around and determine our wants and needs, they have got to be a reflection of our hopes and fears. We want something to protect us from the elements, but we want specifics. We need it to be larger and, and better than the one than the house we're in now. And we apply these um, 
um, entreaties to it. it. Prayer should be an offering. It should be letting go of your own self-concepts. And let me see what notes I wrote. Um, yeah, give up your self-concepts, which are limiting. That's what's limiting your life is your concept of yourself. If you were to, to embrace that total love, that oneness, and relinquish the idea of separation, then manifesting things would come easily. Wouldn't you agree, Dr. Bob? Yes, as long as you are clear that the things you need will show up in the way that they show up. Um, in my book, From Plagues to Miracles, The Transformational Journey of Exodus, <clears throat> the, whole, the chapter on mana essentially you know, talks about this. That, um, and again, this is this entire section. We get what we need in proportion to how we need it at the time we need it. You know, we're such a, uh, we're so focused on the future and trying to control, you know, the uncertainty in the future. And I am certainly as, you know, guilty of this as anyone. You know, how much do I have in my retirement fund? Oh, boy, you know, let me add up the number of dollars I'm going to need versus the number of years I'm anticipated to live. I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're just, you know, throwing blind guesses into the darkness, so we're always looking ahead for what we think we're going to need, but God only exists in the present. So we get in the present through this song of prayer, when we step aside and let go, exactly what we need for our spiritual path, for our true return to answer the, the one real and only problem, which is the problem of separation. And we get it in exact proportion to where we are uh, and, and how we need it. Um, this paragraph that Char just read, this is, you know, here it is. This is the guidance for how to pray. Um, and I don't know any place that says it better than this, you know. Mm -hmm. It is to love just, you go in prayer. And be in stillness and be in the silence and just be with God and be with your brothers and sisters. We're all one. So when you step into that oneness in your mind and, and you erase the thoughts that ricochet around in there, then like it says, that nothingness becomes the altar of God, disappears in him. So these petty uh, concerns truly become petty uh, in your perception once you step into that realm of oneness, but continue to do it. There must be consistency in order for this to grow and in, in order for you to um, maintain that level of peace you must go there and you must stay there for as long as possible repeatedly and consistently so that you can maintain that level of peace and i remember back in the day i i got to a very nice level where i could maintain that peace no matter what happened and with the recession that changed a little bit but i'm working my way back there you know and it's with that consistent practice that you have that trust and that faith. So there's no reason to ask questions. You don't need to ask why. You don't need to ask how or when. You can just simply learn to recognize that as you look around you in your situation right now, at home, at work, in relationships, if it's, if it's dissatisfying you in some way, then you must ask yourself, what fire is this stoking in me to grow and stretch? And just remember, there is no form of growth on this planet that is not accompanied by some form of discomfort. So if you are not satisfied in any situation, what is it trying to tell you to strengthen within yourself or 
get beyond yourself so that you can uh, stretch in the way that's needed to understand a situation for what it is and then address it properly with forgiveness. That's all I've got for that. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we get what we need at the time we need it. Um, I want to just take a look at one more line from this section. Prayer is an offering, Mm -hmm. a giving up of yourself to be at one with love. There are a number of places in the text where it says, you know, don't hide anything from the Holy Spirit. You know, um, let that let let His light shine on every aspect of the darkness that 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 you that you hold. And I think this is the idea. I mean, if 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 I were uh, you know writing this sentence, prayer is an offering. I would uh, I giving up of yourself to be at one with love. I would separate yourself into two words because I I, I think it really is a giving up of your sense of self. And all that goes with that, your body, your ego, your life story, you know, the people you like and dislike, we're letting it all go in the recognition that we don't know anything, that we made up this insane asylum that we now run around in. We give up ourselves to be at one with love because, way that's our reality. But even if you think of it, that preempts all other needs. I mean, if you're at one with love, if you're walking around in a state of complete peace feeling the love of God pouring through you to all of your brothers. I mean, what more could anyone ask for or want? Um, you know, that, that, that's pretty much it. Um, but it's, yeah, bring all aspects of yourself to the Holy Spirit and that that is part of the prayer process. You know, not only are we not asking for things of this world, we're not asking God to come and reinforce what we've taken as reality. We're letting go of everything that we thought was real and giving it to God through the Holy Spirit in order to be shown, um, you know, a world of love, a world of forgiveness, um, and a world of miracles. Mm. All right. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but this goes right to the next section. This is not a level of prayer that everyone can attain as yet. Yeah, this is pretty pretty high stuff. This is not a level of prayer that everyone can attain as yet. Those who have not reached it still need your help in prayer because their asking is not yet based upon acceptance. Help in prayer does not mean that another mediates between you and God, but it does mean that another stands beside you and helps to raise you up to him. One who has realized the goodness of God prays without fear, and one who prays without fear cannot but reach him. He can therefore also reach his son, wherever he may be and whatever form he may seem to take. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it, this goes back to the um, understanding that we really are all one, that minds are joined. And to you know, quote the lesson, forgiveness lets me know that minds are joined. So there, I mean, look around at the world, and you know that the vast majority of people not only have not reached that level, they're, they're really very far from it. Um, but they still need your, <laughs> assuming that, that, you've, that you understand this, that you are praying from that place of letting go of personal self for um, self, capital S, when you stand beside them in prayer, which you do inevitably, um, you 
you are helping. I mean, you know, what is in your mind as God enters your mind through the Holy Spirit or as, you know, you allow that reality to resurface and reawaken in you, you are standing besides your brothers. And, of course, this is what the um, persona of Jesus is doing for us. Jesus, the narrator of the Course, is saying, yeah, I have accepted this. I have lived it. Uh, it is my complete experience to the point where I transcended the physical body. And now I'm here standing beside you and praying with you because I know true prayer. And in my knowledge of that, and I use the word knowledge intentionally, you can and will join with me. You'll hear the song of prayer and you'll want to join in the singing. Um, you know, so uh, one who's realized the goodness of God prays without fear. You know, you're not afraid of the answer. You're you're just praying to join in that song. Um, and therefore, you're going to reach God. And if you're reaching God, you're also going to be reaching his son. And I like this, you know, wherever he may be in whatever form he may seem to take. Uh, you know, whether that's Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton or Vladimir Putin or Mother <laughs> Teresa, um, you know, you name it. it it's all just, uh, you know, different diff different faces on the one face of Christ. And, and now you know why I chose this section. <laughs> oh, I love you, Char. <laughs> I love you, too. Oh, my goodness. Ooh, yeah, we all needed this, I think. Okay. Yeah. Here's what I what I hone in on. You know how certain things kind of jump out at you when you read a particular passage. And for me, it was asking must be based on acceptance of truth without fear of the answer, as you just said, or the outcome. So when asking, we want we want peace no matter what's happening, no matter what the outcome is. If someone has a terminal illness, asking for, for their life to be extended, you can certainly do that. But if you have fear of the answer, that the answer is no, or that it will be a tease, like, well, maybe a few months longer, but still the outcome remains the same. And being afraid of the outcome is what keeps you trapped in conflict. So it's that posture of acceptance, no, no matter what the question is, no matter what the situation, if you can approach that with an emotional posture of acceptance of the truth, of what reality is without fear of the answer of the outcome, then you are so much far, so much further ahead of um, the game than you realize because outcomes, that's a huge topic. Um, fear of the outcome is mm -hmm. generally what we're asking for things. And that's why we're asking for things. You know, what about that pension fund? And, you know, to what, to that, I say, you, you have money saved up. You know what I mean? Like we just, there are concerns that we have because we have to live in this illusion um, and we have to address those things, but to worry about the outcome will we'll just pull you out of the present state of mind and keep you in the future. And you, it's going to be not what you expect if you maintain that, um, that lack of presence in the now. Thoughts, Bob? Um, you know, I had one and then it disappeared. So, uh, it probably wasn't, uh, as meaningful as I originally thought. So, um, no, no. Okay. Um, no, it's happened to me at least three times in this one conversation. <laughs> I get it. it. happens all the time. And then sometimes I get dizzy. 
because um, I'm, I'm like really tapping into the energy and I'm like, whoa. And, and I don't think it comes through on the air, but I get really dizzy sometimes, you know, well, this doing this. really powerful stuff. And, uh-huh. and, you know, one of the things I love about our, our, our show here, our segment here is A Course in Miracles makes clear everything proceeds through relationship. You know, relationship is the fundamental unit of healing the separation because when two seemingly separate individuals recognize that they share the same goal, they in that moment embrace oneness. Well, on this show, that's exactly what we're doing. This is a very, very different process than um, me just, you know, uh, expostulating on my thoughts on A Course in Miracles, which is still very valuable. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, But um, the dialogue and two coming together in the name of healing, in the name of understanding, in the name of prayer, becomes the most powerful thing there is. So if you're tuning into this, whether live or 10 years from now archived, doesn't matter because time's an illusion. You are joining in in in, in the the oneness field, if you will, that Shar and I move into as as we discuss these, and that is you know that's the, the that that that's a cascade that will keep going. That's that's a healing process. That's how our minds are joined. So yeah, it, it does get um, you know pretty uh, pretty wonderful, pretty loving. Um, and I remembered mm-hmm. what I was going to say. Okay. It was just the simple thing that sometimes, you know, we we think we want the whole nine yards. Come on, God, you know, give it to me right between the eyes. There are very, very few people who really want that because that will, you know, that will create fear. Um, it reminds me of, you know, when I was doing psychotherapy um, with women who had, you know, horrible abuse from their past that they didn't fully remember and they were asking to be hypnotized in order to remember it. And it's kind of like yeah, you know, do something to me, put me out so that I can do the whole thing. And and really it's an end run around doing the work. When we ask for it all in one fell swoop, what we're really saying is we don't want to have to look at all of the places where we've invested in the world of illusion. We don't want to do all that work of uncovering the ego's, you know, ugliness and where we've bought into its story. No, no, no. We just want to transcend it all and be lifted up to heaven. Well, you know, it doesn't work that way. You've got to do the work. But the good news is when you commit to doing that work, you have infinite help. You have it from Holy Spirit. You have it from the brothers and sisters who Holy Spirit will send to you. So Mm -hmm. in a sense, you know, intend to be at peace, intend to move towards God, and then let Holy Spirit um, you know, determine the curriculum for you. And again, that's A Course in Miracles. And when we do open up in that way, we get miracles that are scaled to what we can accept. As Char was saying, you know, if healing your cancer is going to blow your socks off uh, or someone else's, then, then that's not what's going to happen because fear is always um, regressive. Fear takes us out of it. Uh, and, you know, very, very powerful miracles um, – you know, what, what does a miracle do? It demonstrates that you've shifted your perception in alignment with Holy Spirit that's literally allowed some, some perceived problem to shift and disappear. It, it's, it's no longer there, and usually in relationships. That's very, very powerful. But if, if we're asking for more than we can really um, take in, 
then we're really asking for fear. And if we're asking for fear, we're asking for nothing because fear doesn't exist in reality. And once again, we're not really asking. We're denying in the form of a request. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that, that mm-hmm. was what I had wanted to say. Yeah. And I think it's important to just point out very briefly that when you elevate your consciousness beyond the illusion of the problem that you're facing, then if you've done that successfully, then what more does that problem have to teach you? Doesn't it make sense that it would then dissolve, disappear, or morph into a different problem to make sure Mm. that you get the full context of that lesson? You know? Exactly. Our our problems are a variation on on a theme. It's like when we dream. Dr. Bob and I both do dream interpretation. When a person has an issue and they dream about it, you have that central theme to the dream. To whatever extent that they get the message of the dream, subsequent dreams will then evolve to match that level of perception. It will reflect that level of uh, capacity to understand the message, and that's why you have recurring dreams with the theme. And then it it changes to match your level of um, acceptance and your ability to understand that that message. So likewise in waking life, if when you elevate above it, that's going to morph or disappear, just like a a recurring dream, just to throw that in. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, if we're not getting the lesson, the dream will recur and often in forms that, you know, that that are increasingly um, jarring to us because it's trying to wake us up, not from Mm -hmm. night sleep, but from our, 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 you know, our other sleep. You know, um, that line from the end of of, of the course, uh, the text, trials are but lessons that you failed to learn presented once again. So where you made a faulty choice before, you now can make a better one. You know, Uh, Uh if we're not getting it, trust, you'll get it again. But that's not punishment. That's not because you're bad. That's the learning curve. All right. Welcome to the patterns of your life. Yeah, let's wrap this up. We'll do the paragraph seven. And I just before I do, I just want to make sure everybody knows I did not include this in my announcement. We have changed the time slot for the segments uh, to accommodate uh, Dr. Bob's uh, schedule change. He's now out on the Pacific Coast location. Yes. There you go. So we've moved these shows to 1 p.m. Eastern and. you can pick up the archive at any time, but just so that you know, we've done that in case you're confused uh, why we're at such a different um, time uh, live, but uh, I'll continue to advertise that to make sure that everybody gets it. Okay, so I'm going to do paragraph seven. We'll discuss it very briefly, and then I had a hard time choosing the prayer because there was something in here that I really wanted to get to, but in case we discuss subsequent sections in this supplement, Dr. Bob, I left it alone and I chose one from choose once again. But here okay. is, uh-huh. <laughs> You're like, oh, oh, yeah, 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 good, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, I, I'll flow with whatever. <laughs> yeah, right? It's good. Okay, it's all about the flow. Okay, paragraph seven. Praying to Christ in anyone is true prayer because it is a gift of thanks to his Father. To ask that Christ be but himself is not an entreaty. It is a song of thanksgiving for what you are. Herein lies the power of prayer. It asks nothing and receives everything. This prayer can be shared because it receives for everyone. To pray with one who knows that this is true is to be answered. Perhaps the the specific form of resolution for a specific problem will occur to either of you. It does not matter which. Perhaps it will reach both if you are genuinely attuned to one another. It will come because you have realized that Christ is in both of you. That, that is its only truth. So 
when we share that goal of peace between ourselves and another in relationship, no matter what form that relationship takes, then that prayer can be answered because there's no variances. If one gets it and the other doesn't, what answer can be provided? So when we join, as you were just speaking to Dr. Bob, when you join with another with the common goal of peace, then that path can be laid out for you. Otherwise, then the answer can only match each individual's varying perceptions. The note that I wrote is the power of prayer is knowing thyself and realizing this one goal satisfies all wants and needs. To join with another in this truth allows the answer to come. Yeah, I mean, I would only add this section is titled True Prayer, and this paragraph starts out, praying to Christ in anyone is true prayer. You know, the, the only true prayer within a world of form is to pray for forgiveness. Forgiveness means, you know, literally looking over, overlooking, all your brother's perceived sins, which means that he in turn will overlook yours, um, and seeing the face of Christ in everyone as the Course um, talks about Christ's vision. So here it is. This is true prayer. And, you know, it asks nothing because the world of form is nothing. It's not asking anything in the world of form and receives everything because everything is your, your, your true identity. You already have everything. Um, but everything doesn't live in a world of form. Um, There's a great line from the comic Stephen Wright, you can't have everything, where would you put it? Um, Which I just love because it's so real, you know. Really, you know, in a world of form, there's no room for everything. Uh Uh-huh. So, you know, it's a beautiful conclusion to what truly is one of the both most aesthetically beautiful and, um, you know, instructive sections um, in, in that, that Helen Schuckman brought through. And I'm so glad you chose this one, Char. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Well, all right. Well, I'm going to get to the prayer and then we'll end the segment. So thank you once again, Dr. Bob, for um, helping me create this space and your invaluable contribution to it. And I will be talking to you very soon. If And we'll discuss via email whether we want to stick with this for a short time or move on to something else, okay? Okay. All right. I look forward to more, whatever the form. <laughs> okay, good. All right, take care, Dr. Bob, and here we are with the prayer. You too. Blessings. This holy instant, and this is from Choose Once Again, Selections from A Course in Miracles, published by the Foundation for Inner Peace. I am on page 97. This holy instant would I give to you. Be you in charge. For I would follow you, certain that your direction gives me peace. And if I need a word to help me, he will give it to me. If I need a thought, that will he also give. And if I need but stillness and a tranquil, open mind, these are the gifts I will receive of him. He is in charge by my request, and he will hear and answer me, because he speaks for God, my Father, and his Holy Son. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, God bless, and be at peace.